You're listening to the M2 podcast featuring one of our speakers from the M2 Summit, 3rd of November 2020, brought to you by Yukiwi Natural Oral Care, Woodford Reserve, and Lease Plan. I would like to welcome our first speaker, a long-time part of the Movember movement, which started out, it's insane, it started out in 2003 with 30 MoBros, they call them, and now has grown to a movement of over 6 million members. This is MoBros and Mo Sisters, and they've funded over 1,250 men's health projects in 20 countries. Please welcome to the stage MoBro Rob Dunn. I can make that. Yep, that's a bloody good start. Um, look, thank you, mate. Um, I really appreciate the introduction. Um, you've been a fantastic MoBro yourself um, for so long. Personally, you, you grow an outstanding slug. You're fondly gifted. You always put one together quite quickly, and, and that I appreciate. Um, but professionally as well, um, through the magazine, you know, speaks to a large cohort of men throughout the country, um, and is a great, great way for us to get messages out um, to the New Zealand public. Um, my name is Robert Dunn. I've looked after. Movember New Zealand for now 10 years, which seems a long time when you, uh, you say it out loud like that, but country manager of Movember New Zealand sounds a bit more fandangled than what it is. It's, it's just me and two others, and um, even that in itself is a challenge, but um, with one of them being my brother. But, um, you know, probably as good a place as any to start, and, and thank you so much, Andre, for having me today. We'll sort of hopefully start things off with you know, some moustache talk before you get into to the big hitters of the day, but it's a great opportunity being November the 3rd. There's some people have, have cleared the top lip, and I appreciate that greatly. Um, some people have got a bit of work to do, but it's not too late to, uh, to uh, have a shave and get started for Movember. Um, so it's a great opportunity to talk a little bit about the movement and, and what's happening this month. But probably as good a place to start as any to let you know a little bit about how it actually started. Um, and I'd love to tell you that it started here in New Zealand, but unfortunately it didn't. It was started um, over in Melbourne in the, the, what we'd say, probably the hipster capital of the world in Fitzroy, Melbourne. Um, bunch of hard case Australian guys um, in the pub uh, talking about things that had gone out of fashion and to what Andre said there, um, you know, we're thinking 15, 16 years ago now, um, something that definitely wasn't in fashion was the moustache. Very much a clean shaven culture, very much... Um, you know, turning up to work, looking sharp, having a shave most days for a lot of people. So the moustache was very much out of fashion then. Um, these guys started having a chat um, and decided for no particular reason or cause um, to grow moustaches, just to be hard case Australians really when it boiled down to it. Um, they went forth, they grew these moustaches, um, no doubt tell really exaggerated stories um, around the missus saying, you're on the couch, mate, if you're going to keep coming home looking like that, or, or the boss saying you've got to stop coming to work looking like that, buddy. Um, But the one thing they really realised off the bat, these 30 guys, um, was that it was a fantastic conversation starter. Literally everywhere they went, people would say, why are you growing moustaches? Didn't really have a reason. They did a bit of research. um, And sort of knowing as well after the back of that month that the moustache was clearly the ultimate male fashion accessory, that they um, went and did some research, saw that that prostate cancer was as big a threat um, to a male as breast cancer was to a female. And armed with that information, they went to the Prostate Cancer Foundation Australia, said, we think we're onto something. 
Um, we'd love to grow these moustaches for you. We'd love them to be um, a fundraiser for men. Looking around the world at the time, remember 15, 16 years ago, a lot of initiatives for children, um, for things overseas, for females, but nothing formalised at all for men, nothing focused on, on men's health. And actually, in their wisdom at the time, the Prostate Cancer Foundation said, thanks but no thanks, you guys are a little bit weird, we don't want to align with a weird moustache-growing cult, um, and we're okay. Um, they boxed on, they did it anyway, um, and they, they actually managed to raise $50,000, went back to that organisation and said, we'd still love to give this money for you, uh, to you. Um, and they said, well, maybe you guys aren't so weird, maybe you're okay. Um, you know, maybe we will align with you. So effectively, that, that was the start of Movember. If you fast forward um, to today, uh, we now exist in over 20 countries around the world. Um, we you know, feel very, very honoured because it's the support of people like yourself in this room and others around the world, um, fundraising for us, advocating for us, taking our message into their communities. But we've been able to fund you know, over 1,200 men's health programs around the world um, almost 50 here in New Zealand focused on prostate cancer, testicular cancer, male mental health and suicide prevention. So we feel extremely fortunate um, to be um, the channeler of that energy and put it back into those programs, helping men at a local level and globally around the world. All the funds we raise stay um, in that country, so all the funds raised in New Zealand stay in that country, but I think it's always something that I, um, I think is a, a really good thing about Movember is that we're a local organisation with a global footprint. Um, so everything we do here in New Zealand, all the investments we make um, are peer-reviewed. We're able to do it in a, in a network of collaboration of people around the world that we fund. And I, I genuinely think that accelerates outcomes for us, that lets us hit the ground running, okay? Because, you know, you may know in your own industries, um, there's so much duplication out there. You know, we do work in silos so often. Um, collaboration is the key for, for us. So we're able to work in a network of like-minded people that helps us hit the ground running when we do things here in New Zealand, because we, we are acutely aware um, that no one organisation can truly move the dial on some of the most significant things we're trying to affect, um, but if we do it together, then we've got a real chance. Um, for those of you who don't know, you should all bloody know, there should be no excuses, but, um, you know, Movember is a peer-to-peer -peer fundraising platform. You go to movember.com, you know, for the campaign that you probably know the best, um, sign up at movember.com. No matter what, it's always been um, our, main, our main platform, and we'll always um, continue to be that way when it comes to the fundraising side of things. Sign up um, for Movember. Have a shave on the 1st of November, or the 3rd or the 4th, or whatever it works for you people in the room today. Um, grow and groom the most beautiful moustache that you can. Um, you know, and effectively, no matter all the other things that we do um, that are wrapped around it, the moustache is still our PR campaign. It's still our main marketing campaign. It's still the conversation starter. And so often with blokes, we're a little bit different. Some would say a little bit slow. Others might not. But, um, you know, we like to do things informally, shoulder to shoulder, a little bit more casually before we start talking about the significant things in life. And that's the same with our, with our moustache chat. So it's, um, you know, it might be, oh, Jesus, mate, I didn't realise salt and pepper, you're a bit grey there. Or, you know, there's a lot of orange coming through there, big cat. And... Um, you know, or, or have you started growing yet? Did you, what's going on there? So, um, you know, it's all these fun conversations that fellas like to have. Um, we like to have a bit of banter, like to be hard case. But if we're doing our job right, if I'm doing my job right, throughout the course of the month, those conversations change. They change to men's health conversations, hopefully. And the month of November really is a men's health campaign. So there's, there's some key things that may see, seem general, may seem simple, 
that we're trying to get to fellas en masse at a population level. So um, knowing your family history, it, it, is, it is actually absurd, and I was massively guilty of this as a young man, how many young men don't know their family history, and they therefore don't know some of the things they're susceptible to, and therefore they don't know how to be proactive about those types of things and get on the front foot. Um, Knowing the importance of having a relationship with health professionals. You know, there is still um, a large group of people in this country who think um, that they're really, really healthy because they haven't been to the doctor for 10 years. You know, that sort of, well, I've never, I don't have to go to the doctor, I must be really healthy. So, you know, so often we need to own our health a little bit more. Um, so often, you know, we, we give our GPs or our health specialists, we give them nothing. <laughs> you know, like, how are they supposed to know what our normal is and whether it's changed if we give them nothing? You know, we've got to have a relationship with those guys so they know our normal. And if something changes, then they're able to help. But if we grunt at them and we give them one-word answers or we don't engage with them at all, then they're on the back foot and we're probably asking a little bit too much. So let's have a really good relationship with them. Um, knowing that at our fingertips we have this wonderful tool that can be free um, that is all at our disposal called physical exercise and everything, um, all the causes that we're trying to champion and all the things that we're trying to affect, um, every single piece of research says that physical activity is one of the best preventative tools for all of those things. And it can be as simple as um, you're jammed up at work, you're working really hard. Um, you know, the last quarter of the year, Q4, I hear like smart economists say that sort of stuff, um, has got really bottlenecked. Um, well, just getting out of the office for half an hour at lunchtime, going for a walk, having a breath with a colleague, you know, just breaking it up. Through to making a commitment to do something more, if that's what ticks the boxes for you, signing up for an event through to making a commitment to do it with someone else because sometimes for blokes, um, we'll only do it if it means um, we're not going to let someone else down. So making a commitment. So you've got to find your how, you've got to figure out um, what's best for you and you've got to work it in, um, but also you've got to normalise it. Like we, we put meetings in the calendar, uh, we put you know, birthdays, celebrations, whatever it may be in the calendar, um, put it on the to-do list, whatever works for you, but do it. Normalise it, okay, so it becomes a part of your routine, part of your life. The last one during the campaign is... Um, to be socially connected. It's probably something we're hearing a little bit more about these days, but it's just so important. It's particularly important for blokes. There's a lot of information out there that says um, as men get older into, you know, perhaps some of the ages of us in the room here, slightly older, mature, um, that our group of friends get smaller. So we peak in the high school, um, university, sports settings, and that's when we've got large group of friends, large group of good friends, good relationships, people we trust, um, and then we don't realise we're doing it, but when men are in those settings, um, whatever they may be, um, they're problem solving. So you're chatting, you're chatting about what's going on in life, you're sharing experiences, your mate shares his experience, and you're on the, on the front foot and you're problem solving and getting ahead of things early, you don't even know you're doing it. If you're not in those settings, you're not having those conversations, you're not problem solving, and therefore what is unfortunately a tragic thing for blokes is we don't handle times of crisis as well as our female counterparts because they keep those habits going. As they get older, their group of friends actually often grows. They love to talk about significant things in life face-to-face, -face, put the lycra on, get down to Ponsby Road, straight into it, you know? So um, for the fellas, you know, we so often you'll say to people, you know, I'll talk to large groups of men and say, when was the last time you, you caught up with the best man from your wedding, the grooms from, from your wedding? Um, and they'll say, oh, shit. Great question there, Mr. Movember Moustache person. Um, six months, nine months, 12 months, you know, like some, that's how long it can be for some guys, which is bloody hopeless, really, to be honest, isn't it? So as we drop out of those settings, our group of friends get smaller, we're not having 
those conversations. And the statistic that best shows that is that men and women have exactly the same incidence of depression. There is no difference in that number, but three out of four people who take their own lives are males. So if nothing else, that exhibits that we don't handle um, crises or, or times of difficulty in our life as well as our female counterparts because of some of the things I just spoke to. So that's why it's really important to be socially connected. That's why it's important to have good relationships, be able to have conversations with people you trust, show a little bit of vulnerability. Um, we are very fortunate um, to be able to... Um, the Moustache is a, is a wonderful uh, fundraising mechanism. And as mentioned before, we've, we've been able to fund over 50 programmes. I'm not going to go through all 50 programmes. Um, but... I sort of want to talk to our, our funding strategy, I suppose, would be the best way. One I've spoken to already a little bit, we like to collaborate. Um, so, you know, we, we completely understand that no one group, one person, one organisation can really move the dial, but if we do things together, we've absolutely got a chance. So that's why for programmes like FarmStrong, mental health and wellbeing programme within our rural communities, Head First, mental health and wellbeing programme within our rugby communities, we work with those people because it's not always what you say, but who says it. So I can get up in, in front of a bunch of uh, staunch uh, Māori Pacific Islander, big white Pākehā boys and, and talk about this is what you should do for your health. But the skinny white guy with the crap moustache, sometimes the, um, you know, that's not going to come across. But if you get someone within that community with mana and standing who may effectively say similar things, that message is stronger. That's actually got a better chance of creating behaviour change. So we try and work with good delivery partners, with good collaboration partners, um, and work with people who have shared, shared values. Um, the one thing I'll finish with um, is I'll show a video shortly, not quite yet, but um, around Man Enough, which is a program that perhaps you've seen over the last couple of weeks, um, a program led by Matt Chisholm who goes out around New Zealand communities talking about male mental health, specifically through a gendered lens, male mental health. Um, it looks at the landscape that we sit within at the moment. Um, Movember funded that program, and sort of the, the strategy behind that is by, by funding a mass media piece showing with a good partner, TVNZ, with a great partner, Gibson Group Production, who have shared values. Firstly, can we get enough blokes to watch that show? That's technique one. Um, secondly, by getting the right messages and themes within that show, hopefully done in a compelling way. Um, job two, like can we do that? And there's a lot of great content that ended up on the cutting room floor because it didn't quite fit in there, even though tough, tough phone calls to tell some people that they wouldn't be featuring in the show, even though they're out there doing amazing work. And then number three, evaluate it. And like everything we do is evaluated. Hopefully it's what you do in all your businesses as well because you know, we need to know if these interventions are working. We need to know the good stuff and the bad stuff. Like if it's not working, we need to know that so we don't do it again instead of saying, shit, that's pretty, that looks lovely. Well, let's keep, continue to do that without really knowing. So we evaluate the show to see if men watched it and to see if they're going to change behaviour because what's fantastic, I suppose, fantastic, what's good is, um, oh shit, they got louder, and um, is... There is real acknowledgement when it comes to mental health of the issue. Um, there is real intent to want to do something about it. Like there is, um, there is so much um, intent or goodwill out there to help, which is amazing. But thirdly, can we get guys to change? That's the kicker. Like can we get men to change their behaviour? That's the really hard part. So um, that's what we're trying to evaluate with the show. Um, before I show the, the clip to finish, I'd just say um, I've... All these, you know, COVID, what a year, all that stuff, which no doubt you'll touch on um, throughout um, the course of the day. Um, but there's always look for those silver linings. One thing I think 
has come out of COVID is we're starting to get back our sense of community. Um, you know, I've um, you know I've got a couple of friends in the room. Good to see you, Hills. Sorry I couldn't. I was late. Sorry, so I couldn't catch up beforehand. But um, you know, I have school friends that geez, I don't talk to enough. But all through COVID, we had Zoom calls on Friday nights and had a beer. Guys, I just I don't talk too much anymore, eh? But we were catching up Friday night through it, and to a certain extent, not a hundred percent, we've kept that going. Um, the the happiness on the face of um, the parents of my kids' rugby team when we got to go back down to club rugby and sit on the sideline and congregate and chat and have a coffee and talk complete rubbish. Like, all of a sudden, people realise, I really like doing that. Like, I really like having those connections. I really like community. I really like being attached to these groups of people. Like, our acknowledgement of those things was great. Sitting down on a Sunday night and having dinner together with my family, you know, instead of sitting at the breakfast bar, scoffing it down, get in the goddamn bath, kid, you know, like... Um, sitting down and having genuine conversations with my family and my wife. Like, I feel like we've got a sense of our community. But like we say in November, it's 30 days of moustaches, but it's 365 days of men's health. So whatever works, it's got to stick. You know? So if there's something in COVID that worked for you, work-wise, personal-wise, it's got to stick. You know? like, st- it's hard. That's really, really hard. It's easy to go back to old habits. So make it stick, and that's particularly important for men. Some of the issues are significant, but I always say, you know, Shit. Um, 600 people took their own lives last year. When you sit back, you go, well, what can I do about that? That is a significant issue. Um, But if you just focus on the two or three people that are most important to you, a best friend, a colleague at work that you spend so much time with, it's a good bugger, you know, um, someone that perhaps you don't see as much as you should. If you just focus on those two or three people, and we all did it, we'd be out the gate. We'd be, you know, like we'd dominate. We genuinely would move the dial. So um, I'll finish on on that. Um, hopefully, my IT's poor, hopefully this is better, but um, there's a video here which is some outtakes um, from Man Enough, which is simple messages, but, but, I, but I think effective. Hopefully this works. What do you do if someone shows you those signs? Listen. Ask if they need any help. Um, don't be the expert because we're not. You know, you don't have to have all the answers, but people need to know that you care, you understand, and you're willing to help them on that journey. Regularly coming together with your mates when you are with your mates, um, sharing some of the challenges, challenging things in your life, um, vulnerability, um, being prepared to ask your mate if he's okay, if he doesn't give a positive answer, being able to dig a little bit deeper. If it's someone I care about and there's something going on with them, you know, of course we want to get in there and, and fix it and make everything okay. But often that's, that's not the most important part. It's actually about listening. Sometimes when you're talking to people, you're always thinking about what I'm going to say next. And um, while you're doing that, you're forgetting, what, you're not even listening to what people are saying. So, Are you, are you having a go at me now? No, no, uh, you've got a job to do. <laughs> Have I been doing it? <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, sometimes uh, listening just means you're just taking in what they're saying and um, you don't always have to have re- reply to that. Because we all know sometimes when people ask you something that's uncomfortable, you just see the wall come up straight away. That's normal. That's, that's what we all do. Um, but some people got some really nice ways of just being able to spend some time and let those walls come down a little bit. Uh, for example, one of my mates, we often, if something's up with him, we'll um, often go for a drive. So we're kind of, we're not really like directly making eye contact, but we're just doing a thing and kind of put some music on and, and you know, I'll make sure I ask and it's, it's a genuine ask. And the important thing with that is um, we talk about being specific. So instead of just saying, you know, hey Kev, you're good, you're all right, it's, it's actually deeper than that. So hey Kev, you're all right, I've noticed that you always get your coffee in the morning and I've noticed that you haven't been doing that lately. 
Kevi knows automatically that I'm asking and it's genuine because he's, uh, I've noticed something's maybe not quite right. And actually the best way to support and help someone is how you would with anyone that you cared about who was in distress. Yeah. So, you know, if someone had cancer, you'd go and visit them in hospital and bring them flowers, you know. That's the right thing to do. You'd ring up and you'd ask them how they were. You'd, um, you know, cook meals for them and support them. And that's exactly, you know, when we're experiencing mental distress, um, it's the support of a community around us that will really help us get through. When you get that gut feel that something's not right with them, and it's just simply that thing of overcoming the barrier of saying, are you okay, mate? I'm worried about you. It's and, not that hard, but... And what if someone says, yeah, I'm fine, and you still know they're not? Well, you know, what do you, what do you say to one of your mates if you think he's bullshitting? <laughs> <laughs> so, just, just be upfront. Yeah. What do you, you know? say to one of your mates if you think he's bullshitting, David? Well, look, I mean, I, it's easy. It's easy professional with my professional hat on, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to pretend that in my personal life I don't still feel that same reluctance. But I mean, I, I'll just say, I'll just say, look, I, actually, I'm really, really worried about you. I'm seeing all these things that are not like you. You, you, you've. Um, so I just, I just want to be here for you. Mm. you know? And that's what a lot of people probably want. Yeah. When it's when the time's right and your time, I'm here for you. Yeah. And I'm not going to judge you, I'm not going to tell you what to do, I'm just going to listen. There is help for people. Um, far, you know, thousands of people get through this every year and come out the other side. So that's the sort of conversations we need to be having. Um, and we can solve this, and I think, you know, there is resolve to solving it. Thank you, team. Thanks for the opportunity to have a chat. Um, good luck to the rest of the speakers today. A pretty awesome lineup. Um, and uh, if there's anyone out there that's supporting Movember, and for the ladies in the room, just tell me he looks good, tell me he looks handsome, tell me he looks sharp. Um, it all helps. Thank you. Thank you. Just a couple of. I've got a couple of questions. So the, this community that you that you're talking about, that's been created, like the impact is profound. Have you got any advice if I wanted to start a social enterprise or a cult, or just you know what's the kind of the key thing when you when you're going out and you're wanting to build this movement? Oh, mate, that well, that's a hell of a question. Um, Sorry. Yeah, no, no, you're right. I think I think for Movember, if you talk to sort of the the organisational and the operational side of it, like we've stayed true to our values right from the get-go, even when it was just the boys volunteering their time and they had a 20 buck a month website. It's always been about real men and real moustaches and that's never changed. No matter all the things we fund and all the different things we do, we've never taken away from um, people who, to grow a moustache for 30 days and be an advocate for men's health is actually a bit of a commitment. Plenty of people don't do it. Plenty of people get seven days and shave it off and say, oh, I've got a wedding or like the missus has oh, done, done rate it. Um, but like, Heaps of guys <laughs> push through that conversation. Um, but so we're, we're always true to that, you know, and it's about um, real moustaches, real men, real conversations. So it's, we hope it's genuine. Um, we hope we never deviate from that, you know, those sort of core values that have always been um, at the foundation of what we do. Um, and I always say to a um, couple of people who work with me, if any year I get too serious, um, you know, if, um, if it's not fun, like if we're not having fun anymore, and we're not talking to blokes in a way that resonates with them, then I'm getting it wrong, so just give me an uppercut and, and get me back on task. Because it's, it's important to talk about um, some of the really grunty stuff, but 
the reason Movember's worked for so long, that is, it is fun as a Trojan horse, it is those informal mm. conversations, it is the, the act of moustache growing, being a bit of a, a barrier breaker. So, I don't know, I suppose, did I, did I answer your question? I think it was... Um, yeah, no, know, it's good. So yeah. really getting to the core, keeping, keeping hold of that vision. I think, yep. that was, I think that's, that's it, so I'll keep that in mind. Okay. I'll let you know how the cult goes. Yeah, 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 man. Um, now, there's, there's another thing that you touched on when you're talking about Q4 and the, the economics of, yep. you know, there is an economic reality out there and you've got enough of a track record to be able to see trends. What's your sentiment? What's, the, what's your pick for this year? How, how do you think it's going to go? Yeah, I'm, I'm, really, um, I'm really positive. I'm really um, glass half full uh, from, for the Movember organisation in terms of our participation and fundraising opportunities and I'm really, um, I'm really positive for the people we deal with, all the, all the different organisations that we deal with. Like, you can read papers and headlines and different bits and pieces, but literally... Um, the majority of people that we deal with are doing well. You know that they're, they're, they're circumspect, and they, you know, they know um, that we're in a period of volatility and all those great buzz, buzzwords. But um, as it stands at the moment, um, there's some there's some people doing really well. And what I am really enjoying is, particularly um, within various organisations we work with, that there has been it's always been there, but a genuine. Um, move towards looking after your people. Like, I love it. Like, there is a genuine move at the moment to being, I realise that probably the most important asset in my organisation is my people. You know, like, it is, we all say these things that get written on, on yeah. cards and, and all that sort of stuff, but actually, shit, everyone worked from home and our productivity didn't drop. I, I thought they had to be here for, you know, if I let them all work from home and have their own flexibility, well, definitely our output's going to drop. Oh, hang on a minute. Like, mm. actually, oh, I can trust these people. Oh, they, they actually can... Uh, be given that responsibility and so they see that and then they're starting to give it back to their people a little bit as well and, and, and knowing that you know those are the sort of things I'm seeing change so I love that I'm seeing you know people are getting the reins to get out there and, and participate in Movember or do men's health initiatives heaps of opportunity to get out there in different organisations so I think um, I'm actually I'm really really positive mate about um, this campaign and, and into next year as well I, um, all the conversations I've had are really positive. Brilliant. All right, one last question and a bit of Mo advice. So I come from Bogan truck driving stock. So I normally kind of resort to our Uncle, core market. Yep. Uncle Laurie's uh, thing. So that's yeah, that's what that's what. But any trends? Any any trends now? Is it something? But mate, that you're like this dapper lad in your good suit and that, always looking sharp, brother. You always make me feel underdressed. But um, no, but it's all about the. It's all about working this. Is there any, like? Is it something that fits under an N95 mask? Do you need to? Are there things that you need to think about this year? Ah, uh, mate, I'm, you know, I always say there's no such thing as a bad moustache, you know, they're all, they'll all start a conversation no matter how that conversation starts, so I just appreciate anyone who's having a crack, um, you know, um, yeah, so it's no advice, so to speak, like just grow one, and, um, and you know, I appreciate um, anyone who gets, gets in behind it, because like, I was very genuine on what I said at the start, it's actually... It's actually a bit of a commitment, you know, like to, to sign up and grow a moustache and be an advocate for men's health in whatever way that may be. Um, you know, we, we are busy people, and, and so for people to um, think of us and support us, yeah, just hugely grateful, mate. So, um, you know, just go forth. Like, you need, I'll give you a razor to get started shortly. <laughs> I, I was thinking about that driving in this morning. I thought, oh, no. <laughs> I really buggered up my time. Well, mate, you, like, you'd grow more than me in a week, so it doesn't matter when you I start. Think, yeah, I, think I, can, I'm, I can catch up. I'll, I'll work on that. 100%. Cool. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Right, thanks, brother. Thank awesome. you. Cheers. 
You're listening to the M2 podcast featuring one of our speakers from the M2 Summit, 3rd of November 2020, brought to you by Yukiwi Natural Oral Care, Woodford Reserve, and Lease Plan.